Rise and Live. This is University Christian Outreach's Rise and Live podcast, where our goal is to equip you to make campus-changing Bible studies. Today, I sit down with Sean Fitzgerald and talk about one of the most important things you will ever do with your life. We're talking about sharing the gospel with people and giving them a chance to respond. I'm your host, Travis Wiesenberg, and this is the Rise and Live podcast. Sean Fitzgerald, Shawnee Fitz. What's up, man? What's up, bro? How are you? I'm good, bro. How are you doing? Living the dream, baby. That's right. Barstown. <laughs> we are in Marshall, Michigan, the center of the universe. We're talking about presenting the gospel in the context of Bible studies. And Sean, you're a mission, an ex-missionary, but still a missionary. Always and on mission. Always on mission. That's what I love about you. You were a missionary last year for UCO Grand Rapids. You were a big part of the mission in UCO Grand Rapids as a student. And recently I heard this quote that uh, Noel Delgadillo said of you, and it was talking about sharing the gospel. And he said that, that you said, going out and sharing the gospel on the daily is one of the scariest things I've ever done and the most I've ever felt alive. What, what did you mean by that? Yeah, you know, I don't know if I remember saying that, but... <laughs> That's right. Uh, I trust Cap's memory over mine. But, uh, dude, I think there's nothing, you know, more exhilarating than sharing the word with somebody. Um, I think this when I say it's the scariest thing I've ever done, I would say that that's kind of something that's been imprinted in me just being, you know, going to a public university is like mm-hmm. people are just living for themselves. Uh, they want nothing to do with God. They want nothing to do with the Lord. Uh, they're in control of their own life, whether or rather than, you know, them handing over the reins to the Lord. Uh, I think the, the fear in me there, that's just the, the, the evil one getting in mm-hmm. my head. And mm-hmm. it's like, what is the fear? It's like the fear of, that they're going to say no. Right. In the grand scheme of things, it's so that's so minuscule. Their no is so minuscule. Mm-hmm. So I think you know I think that's kind of what I meant by that. And but it is the most exhilarating thing that I think you can spend your time doing. Uh, I got I'm working now uh, over in Detroit, and I don't have that same fear when I'm doing my job now that I had last year when I was, you know, on campus, uh, you know, trying to evangelize students, letting the, letting the Lord use me. And it's just not the same, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know what, I'm going to tell you that my job is rewarding. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been working for a month now and very thankful for it, but there is nothing as perfect or as beautiful or as life changing as sharing the gospel with somebody. Yeah. That's just one thing that the Lord has just really shown pretty clear to me. And it is the greatest job in the world, but it's a job that you can continue whether or not you do a mission year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. For me, it's like when you're sharing the gospel, so when you're walking somebody, maybe for the first time through, this is really what Christianity is all about, that there's a God who made you, like you're not a mistake, you're not just some chance, like just some atoms flowing together. Like there's a God, the God of the universe intentionally made you, and you know, you've sinned, the world's broken, you can obviously see that, look around, check the headlines, and you've fallen, fallen short. And God, in His mercy, sent His Son to reconcile us to Him. And that if we choose to, to believe in, in Jesus and repent from our sins, we can have a relationship with Him. Like, mm-hmm. saying that to somebody for the first time that's never heard that, 
it just feel you're doing what you're made to do yeah, in some exactly. ways. There's like such a rightness there that you can't even fully describe it, but it's it's like better than I mean there's so many times where you're like you do something and your body just gives you like instant feedback. Yeah. Like I play basketball. Like you hit a like you shoot a jump shot before it even hits the like net. You're like, that's good. Yeah. Like, that's cash. Yeah, you you that's play cool. golf, you hit like smack a drive straight down the fairway, your body tells you. Like you you ace the test, like you already know, like you're, you just feel like that's right. But like the gospel, it's like, it takes, it takes it to another level. It's like, you just did what you're made to do exactly for the glory of God, for something bigger than yourself. And for this, this person who doesn't know God, exactly. That's why I feel the most alive. And I, and there is a fear component because that's just so, as you were saying, it's, it's a pseudo fear in some ways, but it is something we have to overcome. How, yeah, man, how, how do you overcome it? Like when you're going yeah. up to people and the fear strikes, like the evil one tries to just take you off course from sharing the gospel with somebody and, you know, oh, like, Sean, don't share the gospel. It's not the time. It's not the time. Like, wait, like what, how do you overcome those moments? Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I think getting over that first fear of them saying no, realizing what that is in your head and just crumpling it up and throwing it away, trusting in the Lord's will that this person that you're meeting with or this person you're going up to is somebody who God actually... God mm-hmm. loves them. He mm-hmm. wants them in the kingdom. He wants them to experience personal relationship with them. The thing that really made me get over the fear is when I go to somebody and I propose the gospel to them, what is the Lord offering them through me? Mm. He's offering them eternal life. Wow. If you just think of that idea of living forever, we just have such a human like understanding of time. You yeah. Know? yeah. You know, it's just like... You know, I'm going to live for 70 years here, and I'm a croak. Can you imagine living in eternity? That's that's the thing that pushed me over the edge to get me to just kind of throw that fear, you know, back to hell mm. is, um, mm. what is the Lord offering this person through your ask? When I go to somebody and I propose the gospel, it's not Sean offering salvation. It's Jesus Christ through Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's important also when we're doing evangelistic things to always make sure that that it's the Lord working through you, not you making that ask, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's essential. And I I think you touched on a point that in our kind of society right now, it's one of the one of the most touchy areas is talking about eternity. Yep. You know, I mean, it'd be, I agree. And there, you know, there's a lot of people who have done it the wrong way. I'm sure you don't have to think very hard before you think of the person who's who's talked about hell and heaven in the wrong way. But yeah. if we just throw that whole truth out the window and aren't thinking about the consequences of what happens at, at the end of our days with, if we don't know God, if we, if we're not thinking about what we, what Jesus is offering through us, that, that eternal prize, we're, we're losing something. Exactly. Your, your good motivation is going to lie flat because you're not fully really trying to present. I mean, you're not really fully thinking of the benefits of the full of the gospel. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think, you know, another thing that helped me get over the fear too is through a lot of my prayer times last year and like my senior year at Grand Valley, when I propose the gospel to somebody and they reject me, that's my fear. Them saying, them telling me no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I do that and they tell me no, I would still get a sense from the Lord of like, good job. Yeah. You know. I got it. Don't worry about it. Mm. You did what you had to do. Mm. And that was something for me that was pretty important to realize because you're planting a seed in every interaction that you have with somebody 
whether it's faith based or not. Yeah. You know, somebody's judging you right off the bat, right when they meet you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of just helped, helped, helped me get over that fear of like, dude, it's not that big of a deal if mm-hmm. he rejects me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that big of a thing if he tells me no. Uh, because the Lord would just assure me after. Was, yeah. and, 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 you know, like you were saying about our body, like, you know, giving that release of, like, instant feedback mm-hmm. of, you know, whether we do something good or bad or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, I just feel crazy, crazy good mm-hmm. after I propose the gospel and somebody shut me down. You yeah. Know, it's a little awkward conversation. And as you get shut down more often uh, or as, you know, your the gospel message gets rejected, you, you learn how to transition the conversation. You say if you're eating dinner with somebody, like I took a guy out for lunch last year, proposed the gospel. He said, no, man. And we were just in this booth at Westside Social in Grand Rapids. And uh, it, it was awkward a little right. bit at the end. Right. But you know what? The Lord gave me the grace to just continue the conversation and we changed topics. And then and then it actually, the Lord led the conversation back to death. Mm. And then we started getting deeper in there. And it just went like that. It went well. Yeah. Uh, the Lord had the reins and he always does and that stuff. So that's right. I mean, and how many times have we, we rejected Christ's invitation to accept, you know, accept the gospel to believe in him. Yep. And exactly. he hasn't, you know, he didn't walk out. Yeah. Like he just stayed there. He just stayed loving us where we were at and continuing to, to pursue us. And I think that's the reflection that we can reflect Christ in that is, is yeah, even, even in rejection, we can rejoice for, for doing the father's will and we can still love the people that we're, we're talking to. Exactly. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit uh, and talk about uh, sharing the gospel in the context of a Bible study. You've been leading Bible studies for the past couple of years, and we were talking a little bit beforehand. I think there's, there's, a, there's a kind of a next level you can hit with your Bible study where you really learn to facilitate and move the, the conversation mm-hmm. to positions where people can really grapple with the gospel. How have you found success in, in kind of leading the conversation, setting up, maybe even doing the prep work beforehand to set up the Bible study to, to leave with uh, people who have actually grappled with the gospel in the study? Yeah. And at the very least, even if they didn't speak, are going to go home and, and think about the, the kind of the content. Yeah, the content. Yeah. That's a good question. I think uh, one thing for me, man, is like if you're not prepping, if you're just, if you're the Bible study leader and you, you know, you get the printout from UCO, that 70-page yeah. hoss of a document. Yeah, yeah, beautiful document. Beautiful document. If you get that and then you just show up Monday at 3.30 leading that Bible study and you just read that verbatim, I mean, maybe God's going to work it. I mean, he's always working. Right. And, but you're putting the people at that are attending that Bible study kind of at a disadvantage. You're not giving them the full, you know, the full force. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was one thing that I really saw value in, uh, and, and that's what gave me, it, first of all, it gave me confidence in the material. I knew what the Bible passage was over. I, had, I, I did this thing last year where I'd at least be praying for it, praying about it for about an hour and a half, two hours before. Wow. Uh, just like the day before, maybe write a little note, review the questions, um, you know, maybe insert my own question in there or eliminate one of the questions that's in there that, you know, I didn't really yeah. feel was necessary. But it all comes down to prep. Prep gave me confidence to lead conversations. 
prep gave me, uh, you know, the Lord inspired me through my preparation. Yeah. The Lord would give me a word to share or he'd remind me of a different verse Mm -hmm. to to share with the students. And and the prep is, I mean, that's just key, man. And I, go ahead. No, exactly. I think, and what you said about, you know, being, you being inspired by just taking that time, the Lord really honors that. I mean, every time I, I would take time to prep, those, those are the, those Bible studies almost always went better. I mean, there's the time where it's just like, all right, you get a Bible study dumped on you last minute and you don't have time to prep and the Lord comes up with it big and just has grace yep, for you. Exactly. And he's going to work no matter what. But like, if you're not seeking the Lord for, for the students who are in your Bible study, what are you doing? You know, you're just kind of, you're cutting off some of the opportunities for, for God to really speak in outside of just the material, outside of just the words on the paper, or even like even what to highlight. Yeah, uh, I and because I think if you seek the Lord in this for for the students and, and your friends who are coming to your Bible study, He's going to highlight the things that that He wants you to speak to in in the Bible study. He's going to give you the questions that that you got to ask these these students to really grapple with with the deeper questions that they need to. Yeah, I, I guess more in the Bible study, how do you facilitate the conversation? I think sometimes you can come in with you know you prayed up, you got great questions, you get, you know the passage. But it kind of becomes almost like a short answer exam. Yeah. You know, you ask one question, they answer. Boom. Next, you ask the next question, they answer. And it just goes on and on. And and you don't really, they may even be getting moved by some of the questions. They may be sharing deeply. But you're not really leading them to a place to land. I know for exactly. me, when I prep, one of the things I'm asking is, God, what's the one thing you want each student to walk away with? Yeah. But how do you work in the in the context of the Bible study to facilitate and move the group to land at a certain point? I think, you know, it starts right from the get-go. Uh, when everybody gets there, we're not talking about the Lord yet. I'm investing my personal capital with them. I'm investing my relationship capital with these with these men in my Bible study. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm catching up on their life. I want to know what's going on. I want to, you know, are they in a relationship? How's it going? You mm-hmm. know, how could it be better? Are, you know, how's everything going with school? How's everything going with your major? Um, connecting with them on a personal level, I, especially, you know, I, I especially for men, I, I would assume this is the same for women as well. If you gain somebody's trust in that way, if they know, you know, that you're not out to get them, that they act, they, they think that you actually have their best interest at heart, mm-hmm. uh, those men, those walls start crumbling down. Yeah. Um, so from a, like a fundamental standpoint, that's kind of how I would start it because I just wanted the guys to trust me. I wanted them to know that I love them. And then we would transition into why I love them. After I knew these dudes personally, I know I could be able to sense when they were uncomfortable. I could be able to sense when, you know, this guy's sharing something pretty deep and this comes with time after leading a Bible study, but you should be able to identify pretty quickly if you should pursue what he's saying right there. Mm. If he, if he starts getting inspired uh, if he's if the Lord starts just speaking through him right there, you should be able to uh, figure out as the leader if you guys should kind of you know pause the Bible study, investigate what he's saying. Mm. Um, and if it's you know something a little more personal or something that's kind of going down a rabbit hole, that's where you increase that capital with him relationally, and you ask him to get a one on one you know on the spot right there. Be yep. like, hey man, like dude, the point you're bringing up is solid, and I love what you're saying. Let's get some time together after this. Let's get some time next week. Let's talk about this later. If he brings up something that really not a lot of people are understanding, mm. you might scare those other guys away if you start attacking that 
right to attacking that topic that that one dude brought up so yeah no that's that's a great point and i think this is something guys i really want you to to think about this and reflect on how you lead bible studies because i'll just be honest most bible study leaders don't get to this point is having that pastoral sight into their bible study to know okay someone just shared something deeply how how do i actually shepherd that conversation how do i come alongside this person is this a if someone like if you ask a question and someone shares vulnerably at the very least you have to recognize that yeah you have to honor them you have to speak into it i mean you know sometimes it's quick like what sean was saying is like you know if someone just shares something deeply hey man i really appreciate your vulnerability i'm sorry that that really sucks that you're going through that um for the sake of time do you think we could just talk after about this just so we can keep moving on the Bible exactly. study? Um, is that okay with you? And usually, like, if it's the right time, they'll say, yeah. But sometimes you, they, they open up, and they're at the point where it's like, you know, maybe maybe you're talking about giving your whole life to God. And, and they're saying, yeah, I see that God, God is a good God, and it makes sense to give my life to God. But mm-hmm. I, I just feel like something's, you know, there's some stuff in the way. If you... I've seen this happen where it's like people hear that answer and they say like, all right, anybody else? Yeah. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, and granted, I've done that too, probably. And I didn't even notice it uh, because it's hard to remember. But you, if someone's taught answering questions like that, you say, all right, well, what do you, what do you think would be some of the stuff in the way? And you start working through that in the Bible study. And I've seen people come to faith in the middle of a Bible study. Exactly. We're, and so I think that's some of the key stuff is, is noticing where is this this like rabbit trail or this answer going? Do we need to dig deeper or do we need to to pause it, talk to like create the the connection to say let's meet up after, let's talk after and move the the group forward or is this a time like I said to go deeper? Yeah. With another thing I want to touch on, Trav is like you know I'm saying like as you kind of get more experience like then you'll be able to identify you know if what this guy is saying is good uh well if if what this guy is saying is like helpful on track helpful you know i'm saying that kind of comes with time but that also just comes with being confident Mm. uh if you realize your role as the bible study leader you know you're not holier than anybody else Mm. but you know, the Lord has kind of just entrusted you for this time, for this hour on Mondays or Tuesdays or when, whenever the Bible study is. He's entrusted you with this time to share his word with his people. Mm. As soon as you start getting that confidence level and just kind of diving deeper into those conversations, man, that's that's kind of what changed the game for me, man. And I think mm-hmm. the thing that made guys open up in my Bible study was starting a little fraternity, little Christian fraternity with those guys, with those yeah. seven dudes, man. Yeah. Like I would know everything about their life. That's what that's yeah. what my job was. You know, it's what my job is now with guys that I'm working with now. Mm. Um, I want to know every single thing about them, um, and, and I want them to know that I love them. Mm. You know, and that gives me the confidence to, to you know ask harder questions. If I know how far I can push them, then I'm going to keep going. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. That's you, if if you know the people in your Bible study, if you've already built that relationship, and they know you just have care and love for them, you know where where you can push them to the point where they're they're not going to want to be pushed anymore. But you also know where to push them further than than you would if they were just a, someone showing up for the first time. Yeah. And I think what you said first is that's that's the key thing is God has you in a position as Bible study leaders for that hour hour and a half 
to be the ones that that he works through and you can have confidence in that i mean so many people in the scriptures you know we're just not the right people for the job by the book but like god used them to to reach so many different people and you're in that same same place as well i guess last last question i have how do you go from being a person who is very passive in seeking gospel opportunities to then creating them how'd you how'd you start doing that yeah man that's a good question yeah it is a good question i just thought of it that's good man that is a good question i think because for me there was a switch there yeah. was like because and i think we've touched on some of it yeah but because for a while it was like this this like mentality and i wonder if some of our students are in it uh that i don't want to i don't want to mess it up exactly you know it's um if the opportunity comes i'm like the chunky kid in little league who's just gonna miss on the on on the bases like, loaded bases yeah. loaded that's that's kind of how I felt, you know, like yeah. just insecure, scared that I'm just going to blow the opportunity. But then something switched. I don't, I mean, I don't know what happened to you. Yeah, for me, I mean, the thing that switched in me was kind of my background. Going into college, I, you know, I was born and raised Catholic, very devout family. Uh, but I came to college, I wanted to live for myself a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. I had all these restrictions at home. And I wanted them to be lifted when I was living on my own. Mm. Um, my freshman year was filled with a lot of emptiness of college. My freshman year was filled with a lot of emptiness. And I came to a UCO event uh, and instantly walked out. And I was just like, dude, this is just not for me. I wasn't used to mm. this uh, type of worship like that, a physical type of worship, people talking out loud, uh, praying in tongues, all this other stuff. And then eventually I got, you know, roped back in. Eric Olivero, uh, great guy. God bless him. First guy to really invest his entire mm-hmm. life into me and invest his time. And uh, the Lord really worked in him to change my heart. But the the turning point for me was when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, before then, I had tried to share the gospel when I was just, before I went to Fan into Flame in 2016, I had tried to share the gospel a couple times. My men's group, Nestor Arguello, would push us in just, um, like, in, in honestly, I could do what he was asking us to do now. I, I think I do. I believe I could. But when I was, a, you know, a, a wimpy freshman in Grand Valley, dude, I was just, like, going up to a group of guys, and I was, like, sweat shaking, face <laughs> red, yep, like, yep. armpits, you know, sweating so bad. And... When the Lord showed me how much that he loved me and, and, and exactly who I was to him, what my identity is in him, when he showed that to me in October of 2016, dude, it was lights out after that. Yeah. Like, I I was just woken up to this world is temporary. Mm. My life here is just very temporary. It's a little blip on, you know, the grand scheme of things that the yeah. Lord has planned. Um, but here's the thing, though. That's an important blip. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever the heck I can yeah. right now to pull as many people with me to the kingdom. And that's something that I became so convicted of in 2016, man. You know, a lot of analogies in men's groups are war analogies, you know. Right. Classic. Um, classic. Uh, it's like, if you know, if my legs are blown off or the guy's legs are blown off beside me, I'm picking them up and I'm, you know, throwing them over the fence, you know. Yeah. And I'm crawling there. And... That is just something that really fires me up, and I think that's something that, you know, the Lord just blew me up there. And 
and I just felt so called to start sharing the word after that. Um, that's where a lot of my personal conviction comes from. And it's just that clarity. It's like, man, I was presented the truth, and the Lord asked me, do you believe this? Mm-hmm. And I have to, you have to make a decision as somebody who wants to share the gospel. Do I actually believe what the heck I'm selling? Yes. You know? Yes. Do I believe this? And if it's no, we got a problem. Yeah. But if you aren't if you are not willing to put all your chips on God, you know, or if you want to put, you know, ninety percent and keep time for yourself, dude, that's worthless. You need a hundred on. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the thing that made me wanna seek those opportunities out was I just got blown up by truth and I realized what God was calling me to do with my life. And it was not to live a life that's self centered. Uh, it was to live a life of generosity, both financially and with my time, because my mm. time is my most valuable asset, you yeah. know, and because um, I can't get that back. Mm. And I would rather give all my time away from right now. I'm 23. Say I live to 75, God willing. Uh, I would rather give from right now to 75 just in evangelistic meetings, you know, than doing anything else. And I think you need to reach a point of intensity and confidence with the Lord to where you can fully enter into uh, fully enter into conversation confident, never cocky, but confident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got to be in the Word. You got to know what's going on. Yeah, I'll just draw out a couple just things that I'm hearing from that because I, I think the first thing was being baptized in the Holy Spirit, having a personal, powerful encounter with God's love for you. That, sh- that brings you, that just shatters the whole, I'm going to mess this up. Because you realize that, that God's not just viewing you like a mess up. Exactly. That he, he knows every single one of your days yep. and he still died for you. And when you're working out of that, instead of I, I have to perform or God's going to take away his love for me. Yeah. You know, you're just set free in a new way. Totally different ballgame. And, and then I think you just have gospel urgency. Is that That's the other thing that God gives you as, as when you're, you're really baptized in the Holy Spirit, when you're really following after Him. And you can lose it. I could definitely see people who have quenched it. And, and at different times in my life, I've lost it too. Yep. So have I. But you have a gospel urgency. You know these days are evil. And yep. that I better make the most of it because there's people who don't know God. Yeah, exactly. And something I, I was really struck with my senior years, uh, this missionary named Jim Elliott, and he ended up being martyred in a third world country. And he, one of his quotes is, he said, God, make me, make me not another signpost on the road of these people's lives, but make me, make me a fork in the road. Mm. Make me a, a decision man. That like when people that. encounter me, they see Christ and they choose for him or not. I like that. And that's, that's the attitude we want to go into, uh, not just Bible studies, but our relationships, our lives, our is, is we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that people come, they see Christ in us, they hear the, the, the good message of the gospel, and we, we help them make a decision. We say, all right, God is, God is calling you this way. Do you want to choose for God or not? Mm, I like that. So that's that's a wrap for for this podcast, Sean. Any any other thoughts on on just sharing the gospel in Bible studies or just in daily life? Yeah, man. I, I would say you're always on mission. I'm on mission now in my job currently, mm. trying to figure out who's who's going to be the first person I can bring to the Lord at my workplace. I'm on mission in you know my personal life as well, trying to find guys in my free time that would love to hang out or. You know, come to my 
uh, immaculate garage lounge and hang out. You can't see it, but this is an immaculate <laughs> garage. This is we are in Sean's garage right now. It's um, a very Winsman bar. <laughs> thank you. Uh, something else too, dude. Just be confident in yourself. Like mm. God made you perfectly mm-hmm. in His image and mm. likeness, and that should convince you a little bit that what you're trying to tell sell these people is is good. Mm. And um, you can't mess it up. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be not confident, but that comes with time. And but you need to seek opportunity. You need to find somebody and chase them down. You need to run them down. You know, I heard Eric Lynch ran people down. Oh, yeah. You know. Ran me right over. Exactly. And that's what you have to do. And I want to encourage all you listening to to do that. Find one person this year and chase them down. You know, don't take no for an answer. Uh, Understand where they're at. And if they need a little time, give it to them. But God wants them. Mm. Uh, that's, That's what I would say. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Yeah, that's the challenge. Then that we we usually give a challenge at these on these episodes, and that's the challenge for today: is pray, seek God, ask what's the, who's that one person that you're just going to run down. That no matter what happens, no matter how many times they reject you, you're continuing to love them, pursue them, and look for opportunities and make opportunities. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel. If you pray, Lord, give me opportunities to share the gospel, He will do that. He will Amen. use that prayer. Uh, so let's let's be people who who reflect God in, in the way He pursues us by pursuing the ones around us. Sean, thanks for coming on the show, dude. Thanks for having me.